Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Peace, peace. You know what it is. Shamir S-K-Y-Z-O-O, Skyzoo, live out the borough. And this is the NBA Exchange with my man Dexter Henry. You know how you doing it, man. Log on, tap in. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Hope you had a good weekend, good Super Bowl weekend. Dexter Henry here. Welcome to the Monday edition of the NBA Exchange. So much to talk about. Last week was so busy with the trade deadline. There was so much. I'm exhausted from it. Everything I had to talk about, all the things we talked about regarding the trade deadline. But we got a lot to talk about today, but specifically today, we're going to talk about some Brooklyn Nets basketball. The Nets, they've been having some rough times, but they made a major trade that I'm sure you've heard about last week to talk about that is my guy good friend michael grady mike how you doing man good to see you see you see you over there how's everything with you oh man great dex always good to be on with you my man yeah man always always good to see you now it was super bowl weekend so i gotta ask you off the top uh did you watch the super bowl last night and what did you think of the halftime show uh yeah, watch the Super Bowl of course. Um growing up in uh growing up in Indy about ninety miles from Cincinnati. So, you know, I was rooting for the Bengals, so it come up short. Um good game though. Uh but halftime, I I, I love the halftime. Um love the halftime show, man. And um it it's up there for me. It's up there. I gotta give some thought as to how how high I put it. I I Michael Jackson is like the top, you know. Uh, and then I, I, I haven't really thought about a, a hierarchy. Uh, but for me, it's up there. And I say that as a guy who's not really a West Coast dude. Like, I really didn't, you know, I respected Dre. And, of course, he had some bangers or whatever. Same thing with Snoop. Um, but growing up, man, I was, like, strong East Coast, man. I really didn't rock with the with the, uh, with the the West. And, you know, you get caught up in the media, the whole, what was it, Vibe magazine. You get caught up yeah, in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. You got to pick a side. <laughs> right. got to pick a side. Um, uh, but that said, man, Dre's an icon. Snoop's an icon. Memorable music. Mary J. Blige. I mean, come on now. Queen. Um, Eminem, uh, was great. 50 Cent was like, what? Um, yeah, uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, K-Dot, man, Kendrick Lamar is my dude, man. And, Same here. Um, you know, that's my guy. You know him. My guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So that was, uh, seeing Kendrick, that was, that was just a big highlight. So I, I thought it was great, man. I thought it was, um, I thought it was really good. Um, but I hadn't got it given a lot of thought. It's like a hierarchy, but yeah, it's certainly so- up there for me. So I'm with you on the fact that I thought it was I thought it was dope. I, I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's hard. People got to realize mixing was it five artists and weaving them all in yeah. together, making it work, you know, that kind of thing. But I thought it was dope. 
Um, I will not. I'm like you. To me, the Mike Jack performance is that is the cream of the crop. The Super yeah. Bowl halftime performances. Nobody's touched that yet. So I saw some people saying it's the greatest. Didn't agree with that, but it's great, it, and it's great, and it deserves to be up there, you know. But uh, yeah. you know, sit with it some more. Fun. Watch it again. Yeah. Yeah. So with that, you know, with with having that many people, you can't have as many um, hits. Like you know, one of those folks may be your favorite artist, and you're like, ah, oh, they should have done this song. Well, if you take Fifty Cent out, maybe maybe Dre's got another record. Maybe Snoop's got another record. I don't know. It was it was, uh, um, but I, I thought it was I thought it was great. Nonetheless, the performance was yeah. was fantastic, yeah. man. But again, Kendrick's Kendrick's my dude, man. That was that was great seeing him perform. We need another album ASAP, man. I was about to say just that we need another Kendrick album. What I was hoping for that I didn't get was some new Kendrick music maybe being performed there. We weren't going to get that. But, uh, <laughs> we, need, we need another Kendrick album like yesterday. Yeah, we, we, need that. we need that like yesterday. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk some basketball. Enough of the football on the halftime show. Um, you always plugged in, sideline reporter for the Yes Network uh, with the Brooklyn Nets. And the Nets, man, they're struggling right now. 11-game losing streak, Mike. I, I don't think at the beginning of this year any of us thought the Nets would be on an 11-game losing streak. I mean, with everything that's going on around the team, how shocked have you been about how it's gone down? And also, what's the morale of the team, you know, amidst this 11-game losing streak? You know, it's it's um, bad timing, man. Uh, in the NBA, it's, it's not uh, – it's, it's, you take into account how you're playing. You take into account who you're playing. You take into account when you're playing. And there were some games during this stretch where the Nets certainly could have had, certainly could have taken. Then there were games where it was just like, Man, just make it as close as you can. Fight, do whatever. Because um, they got they have games out there where you know you, you're not having Kevin um, for an extended part of this stretch with the MCL injury, the whole James Harden saga, um, Kyrie Irving, you know, um, um, trying to impact winning the best way that he can by himself while also trying to find his rhythm given his schedule. So yeah, this is it's surprising. Um, it's absolutely surprising, and then at the same time, you get it. And you, the, what the guys are doing, and while the morale is good, one, they don't have the trade deadline hanging over their head anymore, right? Um, and there were a lot of guys who were just wondering what their future looked like. I was talking to Nick Claxton about that a little bit earlier. He just was really unsure. And so you have this exhale moment. Whatever energy, negative, unhappy, whatever you want to call it, that energy is out the window. And now it's all about refocusing. Okay, let's get back to let's get back to playing the way that we want to play. It may not result in a win because there is a talent deficiency right now with so many guys out of the lineup, important guys out of the lineup. Um, but at least get back to your core principles and what you want to be, you know, defensively, trying to put together four quarters of playing, you know, intelligent basketball. And then reinforcements are coming. So they were shorthanded in the last game. Right. The game that they have today, they'll welcome Seth Curry. They'll welcome Andre Drummond. Nick Claxton is back from injury. And LaMarcus Aldridge is back from injury. So that's a, that's going to be a big help. So their their style is going to look different at home because there's, there's no Kyrie Irving. And there'll be some growing pains for sure. Um, but they have renewed energy. And the, and the morale um, remains positive in spite of a situation where it should be anything but. Right. No, for sure. And one of those things, as you mentioned, Kevin Durant out with the MCL sprain. Now, he did say the other night that he will uh, be returning uh, sometime shortly after the All-Star break. 
they need him back if they're going to make this push in the second half, right, Mike? They really need him back playing at the level that we saw before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I expect him to. You know, he said he's not going to come back at 80%. He's going to come back 100%. So whatever he does take the floor, you're going to see Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant was all-world MVP. Uh, he was ridiculous when he was out there on the court. 51-point performance against Detroit. He was doing everything that he could. Um, you know, for the Harden situation, look, I understand it could be discouraging. The fact that guys are hurt or Kyrie Irving is part-time. The talent, you know, as far as perimeter shooting is what it was a season ago, whatever it may be. But you still got to battle. You still got to put it all out there on the court. Kevin Durant has no issues with that whatsoever, despite people constantly asking, is there, you know, a dark cloud in the locker room? Is this, that, or whatever? You guys are shorthanded, the struggles, whatever it may be. Kevin's just pushing through and was playing at a high level. Patty Mills hasn't complained once. And so that's the type of attitude that they want to have in the locker room. That's what Kevin Durant, you know, certainly brings to the table. And, and he's the he's the equalizer. You know, it didn't matter where the Nets dropped in the Eastern Conference. I think everybody, you know, watching this, paying attention, I think they would understand that it doesn't matter where the Nets drop it. Kevin Durant is healthy come playoff time. We'll see what Ben Simmons looks like when he's ready. Um, we'll see what happens with the whole Kyrie Irving situation. Still, when Kevin Durant is healthy, they are a problem and a threat to win the Eastern Conference. I don't care that they've lost 11 games. I don't care if it grows to 15 games. If Kevin Durant is healthy, they're a problem. I, and, and people are quick to jump on this, you know, this downward slope and this, uh, this, this valley that the, Nets are, that the Nets are in right now and writing them off or whatever. But I hear, I hear people say, man, you don't want to. Man, you don't want to see Toronto in the playoffs. That's a scary team. Oh, man, you don't want to see Cleveland in the playoffs. Are, are, you, are you saying the Nets shouldn't be scared of those teams? Or because they have Kevin Durant, you wouldn't be scared of those teams? Why would anybody say, look out for Toronto? I mean, you don't want to see them. You don't want to see them. Right. But then writing off the Nets like they're doomed if Kevin Durant comes back and he's 100%. So that's just like I, I get. The 11 games is not – I can't sugarcoat that on television. I can't sugarcoat that on social media. It's, it's not good. But it would be extremely idiotic and naive of me to write the team off in terms of what they can do come postseason time, even if they're a seven seed, six seed, eight seed, even if they have to be in the playing situation. If they're healthy come playoff time, dog, if nobody wants to see Cleveland, bro, nobody wants to see the Nets <laughs> with Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. So, right. so yeah, let's, let's, I just, let's that's get, just let's my little – yeah, just a little quick PSA. You, everybody's right to talk about this, the situation they're in right now. Um, but let's not forget who Kevin Durant is. They just have to be healthy. If they're not healthy, if they're not 100%, then it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, but if they're healthy, I don't care where they drop in the Eastern Conference. Um, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be an issue for, uh, for opponents. So we'll, and, and, we'll, and, and I'll add yes. this, too, because sure, sure. last last little yeah. second on that, too. Um, uh, eight seed, seven seed, whatever it may be, uh, and oh, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving situation is not going to work itself out. Well, okay, if it if it, if it doesn't work itself out, the mandate doesn't change, and they're an eight seed, but they're healthy come playoff time. Guess who's playing in every game possible game seven? Kyrie Irving. <laughs> he can only play road games if they're the lower seed. He's available every game seven, man. So let, can we just? Let the season. Let's just let the season ride out. And that was that was that was. I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Because no, no, of, um, it's it. No, the, uh, I went beyond your question, but no, it's it's um, it's fine because you actually you actually set up perfectly the next question, right? Which is a 
which is about Kyrie. You know, I know we had a little yeah. interaction. I apologize because I'm forgetting who the reporter was the other day where he said he doesn't feel guilt for being a part-time player, oh, yeah. um, not yeah, having taken mm-hmm. taken the vaccine. It sounds to me for you, um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, do you think there should be concern from the Nets and Nets organization players if he doesn't get the vaccine, the mandate doesn't change, that he might not be able to help the Nets as properly as he could down the stretch? I know he can't play yeah. right now. What he plays one is one game, Mike, in the next eight that he can play. He can't play till the, the twenty. I think it's the twenty six yeah, against the Bucks. Uh, he'll he'll be he'll be available for two games between now and March sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Do if you, I'm not mistaken. Do you look at that as as I mean, like you said, kind of bad timing, right? Is it bad yeah. timing with all this? Considering they have a heavy home schedule right now, KD's trying to work his way back from injury. Ben Simmons is trying to get acclimated to the team. Um, this kind of really impacts the team with him not being here. And this is why people have some of that concern. No doubt about it. And, and a big reason, a big reason why is you want continuity. Um, you want everybody on the same page. You want those guys to build as much of a chemistry as they possibly can. And if there is, uh, if, hold on once. All good. Is it okay to pause this real quick? Um, one it, second, I'm sorry. If you need to, I can, I can, I can take over. Let me hold, let me I'm, hold, let me hold this I'm, down for Mike and set it up. No, it's all good, brother. I said some, uh, I said okay. some Valentine stuff in the hallway and now I hear some people coming in. Listen, I make sure it, they don't touch my, it's live and it's Valentine's Day. You, you go handle it. Oh, I'll, man, I'll, hold, I'll, hold, I'll hold this down and come back. Mike will be right back with us. He has to take care of some stuff, uh, for Valentine's Day. But as Mike was talking about, uh, in there with Kyrie Irving, just want to make stuff clear for people. Kyrie Irving can only play one out of the next eight games because of his vaccination status, because of the mandate in New York. So it'll be no Kyrie Irving until February 26th when they play the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's when we will have Kyrie Irving back. So for some uh, Nets fans, as Mike was saying, there was some concern. Mike is, ba- Mike is back with us yeah. now. Listen, man, you got to hand it. Happy, happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day to everybody. <laughs> My wife was in the bedroom. I came home just before I interview, and I said some stuff in the hallway that I didn't want her to see. And then I heard some commotion, folks cleaning in the hallways. I'm like, wait a minute, don't touch the uh, stuff. So I know we're live, and I just want to say happy nah, birthday. Nah, nah, man. There's some, there's some real world stuff going. Real, real, <laughs> yeah, real world, <laughs> real time. <laughs> we live, but listen, Valentine's Day. See, you can't. For people who don't know, Mike, I get it, man. When you're living in a building, you can't let anybody take some of these goods. You got to watch hey, out man, for that no, stuff. I gotta watch, you gotta yeah, watch man, you got to watch man, out. Watch <laughs> trust me, I don't trust. Drop. Trust me, I got it. I got uh, some deliveries I need to be watching out for too. Yeah, so it's okay. Um, I get it. Okay, so I lost lost my train of thought there. But no, nah, but we were uh, talking. We were talking about course. Kyrie and the and and the yeah. concern with the limited amount of games he could play um, yeah, so, this month. So that's that's a that's a real. Um, that's a real issue. It's a real concern. Um, Kyrie is a brilliant player, right? There's going to be an adjustment with Ben Simmons in terms of how you use Ben. Ben is such a unique player that he could play the one. He could play the five. You can use him in a variety of different ways. Um, last season with James and Kyrie, you know, they had to talk, exchange, and it was James, you're the point guard. And that was James's role night in and night out. You knew what Kevin's role was. Um, if Kyrie was out of the lineup, everybody kind of had their role. Um, with Kyrie not being there, the Nets can look. I know they were a different team earlier in the season when Kyrie was out and James was by himself or with Kevin or whatever it may be. This is completely different. This is completely different. 
So there needs to be some time to get on the same page and understanding what they're going to look like as a whole. And those op- if those opportunities are few and far between, then that then that chemistry part is a real con- concern. Um, uh, again, I'm not. I, I, it's going to be difficult in the Eastern Conference. And I talked about this with Steve Nash a lot um, last season, and talking about shared experiences and. You need to know how everybody is going to respond in the heat of battle. We know that Kyrie's had big moments. We know that Kevin has had big moments. Collectively, though, as a team, going through battles together, learning from those battles, and then growing because of that really helps you in the long run. Um, And the Nets are going to have to do that on the fly. Um, They weren't completely whole last season when they were knocked out. So I don't know how you looked at that shared experience. And then now they have a different field, different team with so many new guys on this roster. And so they have to go through these battles, learn from them and do all of that on the fly while battling through an Eastern conference that Toronto, you know, it sounded like I was clowning Toronto. No, there, there is scary squad competing mm-hmm. at a high level. Cleveland. I love what Cleveland is doing. Um, that wasn't my point to bring them down. The point was to say, if they're scary, then what does a Kevin Durant-led team look like? So um, for everybody that's writing them off. But Miami, I mean, Miami is a problem with what they can do defensively. The fact that they have, you know, Lowry is new into the mix, but um, Bam and, and Jimmy in a short time, what they've been able to go through together. Milwaukee had to climb that mountain and they're eager to prove that they're still just as good as anybody in the East. And now Philadelphia has got a massive chip on their shoulder with Embiid who's playing like an MVP and uh, James Harden that they're bringing into the mix. And they have to go through those growing pains and learn and figure each other out together. But it's going to be easier for them because they're going to be available. James Harden will start to play after the All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken. But it's going to be easier for them to get on the same page. So the Nets absolutely have a juggernaut. But it definitely will be um, a a hurdle, a massive hurdle for them in terms of trying to build chemistry, understand how to play off of one another when a big piece of your puzzle isn't there with a fresh group. I wouldn't have had that problem if it was James because they've had, you know, even even with a small sample size, they have an understanding from a basketball communication standpoint. Um, on on what it looks like in traditional roles with Kyrie at the two and James at the one, but Ben is such a unique talent. You know, at home games, Ben could be Ben is play, Ben could play the one, right, right. Road game road games, he could play the four. Like it's a completely different squad. So that's a that's a key thing to keep an eye on. That is one that is one thing to absolutely keep an eye on there. So let's let's talk about the trade. Okay, the Harden for Simmons trade yeah. went down last week. Uh, what was your initial reaction to it? There had been some chatter around it. Uh, it sort of became public. James Harden displeasure, didn't want it out, yeah. wanted to go to Philly. Uh, do you think this is a good move for the Nets? You know, every yeah. time there's a trade, Grady, you hear who won, who lost. You talked yeah. about the uniqueness of Simmons. Do you think the Nets are a better team, if healthy and whole, with Simmons on the roster than they had before with Harden on the roster? Yeah, and, and um, quick caveat, but my, my opinions are um, my own. Um, I, yes. don't, I don't speak for the speak for the franchise here. This is my opinion, and I feel like it was a um, home run. I feel like it was a home run for the team, and I feel like any franchise feels this way. You know, I come from uh, Indiana. Um, um, New York is home. Love New York now. It's been five years now in New York. I love it. But growing up in Indiana, small market, and you would have guys that would 
that would be signed to the Pacers and come from big cities. And sometimes they would embrace Indiana. And sometimes they were like, ah, I'm not really rocking with it. And if we, if as a Pacers fan, if you ever felt like somebody wasn't completely all in, got to go. Like you just can't have someone they're just not going to perform for you at a high level. They're not going to be completely locked in. If you have one foot in, one foot out, it's just not going to work. And as it was appearing that that was the case with James Harden, that he just wasn't happy. People can go and find all the reasons why. It doesn't matter. If he's not happy and if it's not salvageable and he really wants to team up with, with his, uh, his boy Maury again and, and, uh, and go to Philadelphia, um, your hands aren't completely tied. You don't feel completely handcuffed, but you have to look into it. And I think the biggest, like the underrated part of, of initiating this deal, in my opinion, is the Joe Harris injury. And Joe Harris being lost early in the season and everything that he does for Brooklyn and knocking down perimeter shots, he finishes well at the rim, moves well without the ball, helps with spacing. He is a serviceable uh, defender high basketball IQ, you really lost that. Um, and you felt it as the season grew. Kevin had to carry a heavy load. James did a lot. Um, they had to do a lot to, you know, compensate, you know, compensate for the fact that you didn't have that lethal three-point sh- uh, threat who could give you double figures each and every night and help space the floor. And so Patty Mills was carrying a heavy burden and, and was doing a lot. And so if you were to lose Harden, you look at Philadelphia's roster and you say, well, there's some things that, that the Nets could utilize that could take, because a Simmons for Harden straight up deal is asinine. Like, there was no way that would ever happen. Right. Maury was like, right. oh, it's got to be straight up. You, you laugh and we hang up the phone and say, Harden, I don't care how upset you are, bro. You were Brooklyn at the rest of the season. Um, but if they're willing to have a conversation to add other pieces, it's clear the Nets are you know, shorthanded. There's a depth issue on this Nets, Nets roster in terms of guys at certain skill positions are getting beat up on the boards a lot of nights. They're not knocking down perimeter threes. So you add Ben Simmons and everything that he can bring to the table. Again, that situation with Atlanta was, again, it was, I mean, it was shocking, surprising, the whole thing, the way the whole thing went down. Um, but there was so much conversation about it that he's almost become an underrated player. You know, he's on all defensive first team the last two years. Um, at his, he's he's a, a great ball handler, uh, a great rebounder, can rebound and push the tempo with his ball handling skills, a great creator to where he can set up other teammates, and a great finisher at the rim. Jump shots to struggle, free throw lines and adventure. But he was still one of the better players in the NBA because of all the other things that he did well. So you have that. I mentioned they're getting beat up on the boards a lot of nights. You bring Andre Drummond in, who's playing 18 minutes a night and pulling nine rebounds a game, led the league in rebounds uh, just a couple of seasons ago. A beast on the board and can help clog the middle. And then you bring in Seth Curry to the mix as well, who's one of the more prolific three-point shooters in the league, great mid-range game, can create for others, can ball hand, can, can play the point in a pinch. And so you add Ben, you add some depth um, at, at, at two important, you know, positions and areas of need. And all you're giving up is a James Harden who was struggling to get to the free throw line, was not knocking down his perimeter shot at the efficiency that we saw um, in, in seasons past. 
Um, did not enter the season in the best of shape because of the hamstring injury that he had been dealing with during the offseason. He just wasn't the James that we saw a season ago, and he wasn't happy. And I felt like the move was necessary. I felt like the move was important, and I feel like the Nets made out well, and they got some draft picks in the long run. And the Nets avoid a situation where you could potentially be paying this 37-year-old guy $60 million. Right. So that's somebody um, else's problem now. <laughs> that's some that's somebody else's problem. We see what's happened with Russell Westbrook. It may not be the case with James Harden. May, James may play at an elite level the next handful of years. Um, but you that's something you definitely have to take into consideration um, when you look at a looming contract like that. And 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 last thing in addition to all of this, the Nets are at their best when the ball is moving, when players are moving, when they're playing with pace, playing up tempo, and you're keeping the opposition guessing. Um, there were just too many times where the Nets looked predictable offensively mm-hmm. with uh, James pounding the air out of the ball. And um, um, you want that ball movement. You want that, you know. And so James's style may not have, even though I, I still feel if they were, if the group was 100% healthy, if Kyrie was available for 100% of the games, that that's still your championship front front runner right there. Um, but in terms of the basketball that they would like to play, I, I think they're going to get closer to it um, once everybody's healthy and whole with this new retooled lineup. Yeah, and how Simmons fits, as you talked a little bit about before, will be really interesting, right? You talked about how much you can do with Kyrie can't play these home games. He can play the one. You can play him at the four. You can play him at the five. I, yeah. I, I really – has Nash talked a little bit about how he might use it? I know – how use him. I know it's probably yeah. early um, in, in terms of that. But you also talked about not how only well he will fit. I thought another point you brought up that was great was the role players they got, getting Curry, getting oh, Drummond, that kind of fit those fit those needs. But I think one thing, too, is in terms of his fit, Mike, he makes them a better defensive team. You know, Harden was not a plus defender. This guy, as you said, first team all defensive in NBA the last two seasons, was number two yeah. in defensive player of the year voting last season. This is a guy that the fit. Do you are you even more excited about what he could bring defensively to the team than offensively? Yeah, look, the the Nets have been like uh, beat up defensively lately. I mean, they've been um, they started off the season uh, very solid defensively, and then as the year went along and as they started losing bodies, uh, their defensive rating you know plummeted. And um, uh, it's it's because they lost a lot of defensive guys in the lineup who they're going to be getting back, and then you're welcoming guys who can help you in that regard. And so um, Kyrie, who you know is going to be on the floor for for long stretches when he's available, when he's locked in and defensively, I mean, he does a solid job with his activity. Kevin Durant, I don't think, gets enough credit for the disruptor that he is defensively and the way that he takes advantage of his length. Um, there's times where I'm like, bro, don't challenge that at the rim because you just don't want him to take a, a, a hit, a fall, or whatever it may be. But he puts his body out there on the line and will try to block shots and 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 uh, throw his body around in a way that um, you don't always see with the guy who is um, you know the caliber player that he is. So you have those two. You bring Ben Simmons, you know, perimeter perimeter uh, perennial defensive player of the year candidate. You have Andre Drummond who can help clean up rebounds, which is, again, something that we've seen. You know, the Nets may have a solid defensive possession, 
but they give up an offensive rebound, give up a putback finish and an and one opportunity or whatever it may be. Drummond in there, man, he's cleaning up. I mean, he's cleaning up the glass and, and ending defensive, strong defensive possessions the way that you want to with the defensive board. And then, of course, you have Nick Claxton who's going to be returning to the lineup. And he's a guy that's still learning, still figuring things out, but brings a lot of length and is, has already been one of their more versatile defenders. So from that standpoint, to, to, to echo your point, they can do a lot of things defensively and put a lot of lineups out there to really disrupt the opposition. They were an unbelievably prolific offensive team uh, a season ago. And defensively this season, um, they can be really special once they all get on the same page. There can be a lot of bully ball in this Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, bully ball with Giannis getting downhill and their offensive weapons on that squad. Miami is a bully basketball team with Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry. That's a bully ball squad right there. And, of course, Philadelphia, he's, I mean, he, you know, Joel Embiid is, is the MVP right now um, in the league's top right. bully. So um, uh, uh, the Nets have to bring some physicality, some toughness on the defensive side of the ball. You have a guy who, and Kevin Durant, who nobody can stop from scoring. Same thing with, with Kyrie Irving. And now you have role players and Seth Curry and Patty Mills and other guys who are capable of getting buckets, who are going to have less pressure on them once, once uh, this, this squad is whole. So uh, a lot to like from a balance standpoint from this Nets team, offensively, but to your point, especially defensively. Especially defensively. And you know Simmons is going to look for those shooters. He's going to try to find those shooters, which they've added now with Seth Curry. So I think that's really going to help. You talked about the East, Mike. So I got to ask you this. This is a million dollar question because some for some people, does it? Ma- we'll say it doesn't matter where the Nets are seated. They could shoot back up the standings, get in the top. Everything's so bunched up in the East, right? It could be in the lower portion of the East, and like you said, every game seven, if the mandate stays the same, they'll have Kyrie. Do you think the Nets will be a playoff team or a playing team right now? If you had to bet taking the Nets as a playoff or playing team. Um, if from okay, from an optimistic standpoint, if yes. Ben and Kevin are available, if not immediately or shortly after the uh, All Star break, that gives them the better part of a month to get their act together, um, to get on the same page. Even if it's just as as again, the mandate doesn't change. Even if we're just seeing Kevin and Ben the majority of the time. That is still strong enough defensively and with the talent and scoring and all the things to go out there and, and, and potentially go on a run, you know, to close the season. So uh, I don't see them falling. I mean, they may temporarily fall into the plan. I absolutely do not think that they're staying in the plan. And the schedule's not easy. The schedule's not easy. You know, the rest of this NBA season, there are a few gimmies. Um, I love how talented the NBA is to see, the, you know, the talent spread across the league. Um, and the Eastern Conference is just, I mean, it is ridiculous. I mean, it is yeah. ridiculous. So, no, I, I do feel, even with the tough schedule, that the Nets will avoid. Um, oh, you know, I, I, hold on. I, I got to take that back. I got to take that back. <laughs> Uh-oh. Because I'm thinking 9-10. So, I was, I was thinking 9-10. Uh, um, uh, so, I'm, I'm a little rusty right now. I was All thinking right. 9-10. Oh. Uh, uh, I so basically, will, will they finish in the top? Will they finish in the top yeah, six? Yeah, in the top six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I had to catch myself there. So definitely not nine ten. They're in the eight spot right now. 
that's a tough one. That's that's a that's a tough. <laughs> it is. One. It's um, a tough question. A tough I, I threw right it at you because I was thinking about it today. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Forget what I was saying earlier. I. Uh, <laughs> I. I, <laughs> I had to think about that was for a second. Like, wait a minute. Seven eights got to do. So. Um. I think I think they could climb into the six. Um. And that's not just me. That's that's me. You know, being incredibly optimistic. Uh, on the one hand, from a health standpoint, from the Nets, but also I, I have to give these other teams in the East a lot of a lot of respect. Um, but I do believe that uh, a squad will slip, and the Nets. And this is one thing that I'll say about Brooklyn: um, they have hit a mental reset button. And one of the things I was talking about the guys today at shoot around is that they're extremely hungry. Um, these losses, you know, they're, they're not taken lightly. Um, they're not like having a ball and laughing as if you know, like as if they don't care about these losses. These losses are eating away, and so I'm going to use this as an intangible after all this rambling to answer your question and say they will move uh, out of the play-in spot. They may still lose a, a you know a handful of games coming up, but once they are whole, I'm, I believe there will be a revenge tour. <laughs> You know oh, what I mean? Revenge tour. I like that. Yeah. So they've 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 taken um forgive me ass whoopings while they were shorthanded. Right. Um, but as they become whole, um, even with a tough schedule, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna go on a run. It won't always look pretty, um, but they'll they'll have the best closer in the game once he's available again. And Kevin Durant, the defense will be much improved, and um that's gonna be a problem for opposing teams. So um, you're not asking me are they going to get in the top three? Are they going to get back? Nah, into I'm not the, going you know, there. Nah, as far as nah. getting home court advantage, um, but uh, so if we're talking about just the just the sixth spot, I think I think they'll get the act together and, and avoid the playing. Yeah, and if they avoid the playing, I I kind of tend to lean with you. No matter where they're seated, I think if you have a healthy Kevin Durant, you're dangerous, right? Like you're you're, you're yeah. unbelievably dangerous. And if Ben Simmons, which I think is another point that you're making, comes in and infuses this new energy starts this revenge tour. They want to go kick yeah. ass around the league. I don't think that's unrealistic to believe that that can happen at all whatsoever. I, I don't think so. Uh, thanks to Gamma. I see you checking in. He says Nets world, Brooklyn forever repping there. We thank you for checking in, watching with us live. Uh, Mike, I got a couple more for you. Um, okay. Got to ask you. So it's funny because you talked about at the beginning that people have blown off the Nets. Now they're on this 11 game losing streak. Ah, oh, they can't do yeah. anything. They can't win the title. Following this trade, the Nets, I, I looked at the odds for it. The Nets are still the odds-on favorite with the Warriors and the Suns. They have the same odds to win the title, which is still crazy despite losing 11 in a row. So do you think the Nets, as constructed, yeah. if everybody's healthy, as constructed, Mike, with Simmons, with the pieces all in, do you still think they can win the title this year? Yeah. yeah um, yes. Uh, the mandate is is going to be important, and, and we don't have any reason to believe that it'll change right now. That's right. just something that we'd, we'd be we'd be surprised with. Um, it would be incredibly difficult, for sure. Given if you have to go through a Miami, if you have to go through a Milwaukee, you have to go through a Philadelphia, um, and if you don't have Kyrie um, for home games, which is what you absolutely want to take advantage of, for sure, right? Um, it's going to be incredibly difficult. That said, Kevin Durant, man, is is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous, man. I, I, uh, you know, been around a lot of great players, been able to watch a lot of great players up close. 
Um, but the fact that he is so unaffected on a basketball court, so unfazed, can get to where he wants, uh, want to get to his spots on the floor and, and only takes the shots that he wants to take. Um, it's demoralizing for defenses. You know, does he have cold stretches? Absolutely. But he's, he's a one man wrecking crew and scary. And now he has reinforcements around him that were even without Kyrie Irving. Again, I know Ben's not the scorer, but he's a creator, helps you so much defensively, can help the Nets in transition and fast break situations. Andre Drummond, with, which is with his um, rebounding, which again, I, I cannot stress enough. I mean, for Nets fans who've been watching the team, seeing solid defensive possessions end with a tap out offensive board, second look and a perimeter three or a putback and one or whatever it may be, um, is, is crushing. And you have somebody to help with that. You have somebody to help with that. Um, I haven't even mentioned LaMarcus Aldridge much in this conversation, but LaMarcus has been huge for the Nets this season. Um, Patty Mills has been huge for the Nets this season. Um, There's a lot of help around Kevin Durant, if whole, if healthy, um, to where they're a problem even without Kyrie Irving. You know, if Kyrie Irving is available all the games, it's a a no-brainer. It's a a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer, right. If right. he's if he's not available, it would be difficult. Um, but I still can't I still can't rule it out. Like, I absolutely feel like they're a championship squad, um, um, even if Kyrie Irving uh, remains part time. Again, that may sound incredibly optimistic or whatever it may be, but that's given high praise to the player that I know Kevin Durant is and the defensive potential of this squad once they are whole. Yeah, I think some people may have forgot his performances against Milwaukee last year where he almost won that series bombs. You, you, you remember I was in the building for game five. I saw yeah. you. We were just like, man, this is crazy. It's one of the craziest things we ever saw in terms man. of that performance. So we know. So when I hear you wax poetic about KD, we know what he can do. You know, I think some people have forgotten the impact of how good he is already just because we've seen a short tailspin. All right. So you're, you're positive. Yeah. You think that you think the but Nets here, can okay. Go ahead, possible, go ahead. And here's here's the um the one thing to think about and keep an eye on. And this this may never happen, but this speaks to how important the continuity is. Right? There's going to be a lot of games that Kyrie is not going to be available for. Um, there's a number of home games coming up. There's Knicks games at the Garden he couldn't play in the Toronto Toronto game as it stands this second. Um, he still would not be eligible to play in. Um, could you start to um, uh, think about bringing Kyrie off the bench? Um, if the majority of the games that you're playing are at home and continuity is extremely important and chemistry and roles and all those types of things, extremely important. Would you want to have the same starting lineup the rest of the way? If the mandate changes, then you can bring Kyrie back into the starting lineup and you know everything. But to have a lineup where, again, this late in the season with mm-hmm. with so many new players, um, would it make sense to try to have a lineup that you know everybody can say, this is who we're bringing out as far as our starting five each and every night, as opposed to, well, now let's see how you guys fit with Kyrie in the mix and you're right. in March. You know what I mean? So the Nets are going to have to be creative in terms of how the way how they integrate Kyrie into their way of doing things while not disrupting the chemistry that they're trying to build on the fly 
with this uh, with this trade deadline acquisition. So this is there's a lot of moving parts and figuring yes. this whole thing out, and they got to figure out they have to figure out how to do it. Yeah, they got to figure out how to do it. You're like you said, a lot of moving parts as we go down to the end of the season. Mike, as always, man, appreciate yes, your time. Sir. I'm not going to take away time from you on Valentine's Day. We all need to get to our <laughs> we need to get handle things with yeah, our loved man. ones and uh, uh spend that time. But you know, as usual, I always appreciate you coming on, talking some Nets hoops with you. And people should know too, you recently did some play by play on uh NBA TV. Saw you up in there. So, you know, all yeah, up, yeah, all up with always. We we always no see question, that. Brother. No all, question, brother. All up with that is Michael Grady uh from Yes Network, sideline reporter for the Brooklyn Nets. You can catch him on the Yes Network. He is all plugged in with everything with the Brooklyn Nets. That's it for today's show. I'm Dexter Henry. We will be back with another show on Wednesday when my man Gerard Hector will be joining me here on the NBA Exchange. Shorter, later edition of the show today. But if you missed it, you caught this late, you can catch the replay and also check it out on all the podcast streaming services. Mike, good to see you. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Anytime, brother. Appreciate you, man.